We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is KJ and Lions. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. If Zappi does get the start, um, how much of a difference does he make? None. I mean, what does he? Do? I don't see him do anything this year. Like they, they you know, look, it's, it's the old adage, right? You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I mean, they're just strong. You know, they're just grabbing at straws. Look, we're down to thirteen quarterbacks in this league. And that's to me what Zappi is—a thirteen quarterback. Probably finish a game for you. I don't think he, he's going to do anything special out there. He isn't going to suddenly become a 70% completion quarterback. I mean, he doesn't look like a guy that um, that can come in there and win games for you right now. Good Saturday to you, KJ Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. John, that's Brian Baldinger saying that Bailey Zappi is not the guy. And I would say, yeah, no, duh, but guess what? The guy who's supposed to be the guy? Ain't the guy. Yeah, I think the guy, KJ, is uh, not even in the six New England states at this moment. So I, I don't know who the guy is, but he's probably he not in the last NFL. Night. I think he yeah. played last night in Vegas. Yeah. He, he may have played last <laughs> night. He may be playing today, but he is not in the six New England states at the moment. So how did we get to this point? Because if you hear what Baldinger's saying, he's like, do you expect him to be a 70% completion guy? No, I think Bailey Zappi is one that's closer to what Belichick wants to do in terms of in terms of his uh, let's just call it his his DNA, right? That Zappi is more likely going to say, you know what? I'm more prone to do what Bill asked me to do than to change the play at the line, right? I'm more willing to run the ball on say a third and eight than risk a turnover in in kind of a in a no man zone, like in the forties, if you will. Yeah, but if do you remember what two games were the highest scoring games for the Patriots last year? Uh, I believe the game against Cleveland that Zappy started, and then the was it the game against Baltimore? Matt got hurt in. No, it's Maybe. Detroit. Yeah, the oh, okay. very next week. Well, in the Detroit game, I, the only and I'm not trying to like go, go anti Zappy. Like, they did score a defensive touchdown in that game, so like they only scored 22 offensive points. That's why but, I was thinking offensively the highest scoring games. But you're right, technically yes it was. So I've always said that look, Zappy is not the guy. He's not the future, but he's the guy that isn't going to buck Bill's system, right? It, this is season it's done. I I I can't think of a time where I've seen a Patriots quarterback pull three times Four times in a season? Four times. And, fi- four. and really, in the last two years, it's been five times in two years, but four this season, yeah. Right. So if we go under the mantra of, like, hey, last year is last year and this is a new season, it's worse. And this is very comparable for I, – I have to go pull up this – if there's film of, of it on Google. Are the days of Jim Plunkett. There just seems to just be that relative relationship between those two. Like, Plunkett threw, like, 25 interceptions, like his second year. So, like, there was this regression – First round guy, first overall, didn't work out. Had a future story later with the Raiders when he was much older. 
But his time here in New England was absolutely disastrous. A family member of mine used to be involved with the Patriots at that time. So as a little kid, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm watching Patriots games, but I knew of just how bad it was. And so I think you have something similar like that with Mac Jones now. But to think that Bailey Zappi is going to go out there and be so much worse than what we've seen, I think is absolutely crazy. Yeah, and look, I I think Mac is the most uh, talented quarterback in the group, if you will, but obviously he's been awful most of this year. There's no way, like, even though, you know, none of us are believers that Zappi is some savior, but he's not going to give you the catastrophic mistakes I think we've seen out of Mac Jones this year. Because we talked about this last week. I feel like we've been talking about this all year, KJ. Not only is Mac making mistakes, the mistakes he's making are killing them. It's not just an interception. It's a pick six. It's not just a sack. It's a sack and a fumble, right? It's not just a misconnection on a touchdown. It's a misconnection and an interception against the Colts. Like So he's not only making mistakes – He's getting you know, those mistakes to turn into catastrophic, catastrophic things that cost the team games. And, and I don't think you'll get that out of Zappi. I don't think you're going to get great play. I think we saw in the second half against the Giants, you know, they are really scared about him doing a lot. He was very limited, but it was your only touchdown drive in that game. Zappi led. He didn't. He threw an interception, but I didn't view that. I viewed it as a bad throw, but it wasn't a catastrophic mistake that you know led to points. Right, so, it's almost like the gamble you have to make to make the gamble. Right, it, it's one of those situations where I think if you look at everything that's occurred, and I say this goes back to when Max started gapping at Patricia and Judge last year. It's like any type of organization you go against management, you're gonna go in against some people that are above yeah. your immediate supervisors, right? You, you Be careful who you bark at. Especially I, when you're a second-year guy in right. Mac Jones. Like, it's one thing, like, you know, people, I remember when Bill O'Brien got hired and people shared the film of him arguing with Tom Brady on the sidelines back in, I think it was 2011. Something totally different. Against Washington. <laughs> at that yeah. point, Brady had already won three right. Super Bowls and multiple MVPs. Like, it's right. a lot different than, hey, I'm in my second year. And even, hey, I was very critical of Patricia and Judge. I don't think they were good coaches. I don't think they called good games. But... It's still a lot different when you're a second-year quarterback barking at those guys and being disrespectful. I didn't think that was appropriate, especially, you know, you do it once, okay, hey, your emotions got the best of you. You do it multiple times in a row on national TV. There like, you go. There's the key words right that, there. Yeah, national that's a pro- TV, that's prime a time. All, these, all right. these disasters are happening on national levels. It's like, I don't know if you all saw the, oversaw the movie The Great White Hype with Damon Wayans and Jeff Goldblum, and Goldblum is like this supposed to be like this investigative journalist, and then turns around and realizes that the Don King character, who is uh, Samuel L. Jackson, gets him to work with him. And at the very end of the movie, Damon Wayans is like, wait, are you trying to embarrass me on television? And just absolutely pummels the other guy on TV. And I said, at that time, I said, you know, look, for Mac, as you mentioned, with, with Brady, even if you go back to Brady, you would say anybody after Charlie Weiss would have to be a contributor with Brady in the offense. They really weren't teaching him anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and look, and I think, like when you, there's a lot of reasons that Mac Jones is no longer the starting quarterback, and I think that's a piece of it. But I think even if he did that and he didn't throw a bunch of catastrophic interceptions, then you know he'd probably still be the starter, and maybe there would be a little bit of tension there. Maybe they'd have a conversation with him now and then. But it's the combination of. Yeah, they didn't like his attitude last year, and he made a bunch of mistakes towards the second half of last year, and even early in the year, but now this year he's just gone through the floor. And again, some of this is not his fault either. Like, I do think he was put in a bad situation coaching-wise last year. He was put in a bad situation talent-wise this year, but independent of that, 
he didn't have a great attitude last year, and he made a bunch of mistakes this year. So you put all that together, and that's why a guy that none of us believe in as the future guy in Zappi is probably going to be their starting quarterback for the rest of the year, at the very least for this week and, and probably next week as well. KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Let's go to Mark and Medford on about the popularity of this team moving forward. Mark, how you doing? Hey, what's up? You're on the air, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't grab my phone. Um, listen, it, it, I know the Patriots are getting flexed on in the Monday night game against Kansas City. Is this a sign of things to come for Patriots fans? Are we oh, not going to be able to see them on Sunday anymore? Because that's how it was back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Nobody could watch the Patriots back then. Is it going to go back to that? Well, the good thing, Mark, thanks for the call. Well, the good thing is the NFL has changed that rule on the blackout stuff. That's what it used to be. If you didn't sell out your stadium, they would black out the game locally. That doesn't happen anymore because of the television deals. You could see the game still. Yeah, we might need that for this season. Well, yeah, yeah. just put a paper bag over your head. But come on. You, no one saw the Monday night football game being flexed out, but everybody saw and still sees coming being flexed out of Christmas Eve night. <laughs> Everybody sees that coming. So I think the people at ABC were just kind of like, or ESPN, I'm sorry, were the same people. We're kind of like, hey, you know what? Taylor Swift's not going to show up. She's in Brazil. So think about it. If they'd still put that Patriots-Chiefs game on, fans across the country would say the only reason why they're showing this game is to see if Taylor Swift is there. And then the league would get slammed in the face saying that it was appeasing these Swifties just for a primetime gig than an actual competitive football game that you could put on at that time. I mean, my goodness, this Thursday night, people are joking about how when you had the two icons up about next Thursday, it's Belichick versus T.J. Watt. (laughs) Like That shows you how bad it is. So, yeah, the Patriots are going to be kind of a 103 Sunday kickoff team for a while. It's just going to be that way. Yeah, and I think the day's of the multiple primetime games in a row are yeah. over with now, because that's what this would have been. You would have had Thursday night national TV primetime, if you want to call Amazon prime national TV, but then you would have had Monday night. And then of course, Sunday night, Christmas Eve. And I think they picked the one in the middle. That was maybe the easiest one to flex. And the only reason I say that is because the Christmas Eve game is on Christmas Eve. Maybe that's a little harder to flex than your typical Sunday night game. So they probably took the chiefs game and said, Hey, we'll flex them out in the middle. So if the Patriots play poorly on Thursday night against the Steelers, America has has two weeks to forget about it before they have to see him again on prime time. But yeah, I think like I think the NFL rule is like every team has to get a Thursday night game and every right. team might have to get one other like either a Sunday or a Monday. So I think I think Thursday's the only guarantee. Yeah. So like I think next year you'll get a Thursday night game and then one of a Sunday night or a Monday night game and that might be it. And of course, look, if you draft a quarterback number 1 overall, number 2 overall, maybe later in the year if you're doing okay, they'll flex you back into a night game, a primetime game. But I think when we get the schedule in April or early May, whenever it is, I bet you we're going to see no more than two primetime games on the schedule. Where we used to, five, six, seven primetime games, it feels like. I think this April we're going to see just two. But to Mark's call, to, to call Mark's point, here, here's the thing. It was worse last year. The worst game you could be flexed out of, actually, is Sunday night, right? Because that's the national network game. ESPN is is a, is a if you're thinking Highest like cable show on TV. Right. So Sunday night football is the game you don't want to get flexed out of because what they're saying is you're not the crowning you're not the crowning jewel for that week. 
If you remember once Monday night started, so you remember Sunday night football when it first came to ESPN, just a little historical yeah, perspective. Was that like 2005? Somewhere or, in those or, early No, actually, years. it was like 2002, I think. So. Right. Yeah. Sunday night was kind of a throwaway game, and Monday was still important. Now it's flipped where Sunday is the most important game because it's the only game that NBC gets. And Monday night has become a lesser of a thing because it's on cable. It's not on free television, if you will. So the rates are going to be different. So last year when the Patriots got flexed out of the Sunday night game, that was a precursor of what was coming down the pike. I think it might have really been that, you know, when I guess they looked at Taylor Swift's itinerary and said, this girl's probably going to be in Brazil or somewhere in Chile doing a show that night. She's not going to be there, so there's no purpose of showing that game. I was working on Joe Jonas to be here for that game just to see if we could get a cut shot of him. As she's across the way. Yeah, just, but, just and the, I, I do think, though, the fact that it's the first ever Monday Night Flex stands out a little bit, too. Right? Yeah. It's not just, like, if this happened next year when there had already been two or three flexes out of Monday Night, we still would talk about it and we'd be like, oh, wow, that's embarrassing. But the fact that it's the first one ever. And you look across, I know you mentioned Taylor Swift, but the Chiefs are a compelling product, especially for primetime, because you have Pat Mahomes, you have Kelsey, right. you have Andy Reid even against Belichick. Like, could Andy Reid catch Belichick someday? And Like, there's all these storylines. It's been a rivalry for many years now. Even after Brady left, like, the Patriots played the Chiefs relatively close in a couple games. Yeah. Even that COVID year, I mean, that was a close game late in the second half. Point is, even with that team across from you, they still flexed you out for the first time ever of Monday night. And I think that's yeah. the part. It's not like it's the... Two and nine Patriots against the four and seven Chargers playing on Monday night like they're playing this Sunday. It's the best team in the league, defending Super Bowl champs, elite star power, rivalry, at least over the last few years, and you still flex it. Yeah, as you said, which it, I think if it was says like a lot four, about the Patriots. If it was like the fourth game that was ever flexed, it yeah. wouldn't be that big. The first a deal. ever. But the fact you're on the wrong the side of history for the first look, time in a long time. Look, boys, you got to lose your virginity to somebody, okay? And it has to be somebody. And I think the something that the NFL thought would be that the Patriots would be a better team this year after coming off of a losing record last year, they would have some advantageous wins, and that the narrative could be, hey, a Kansas, a, 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 a New England Patriots team that's close to or might be in the playoff hunt sure. versus Andy Reid and Andy Reid's win total and, 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 of course, Bill chasing Shula, but Andy Reid is now chasing... Belichick, right? So that that's what I think they were hoping for when you scheduled this game. I would have told you last year, like this team, like at best the Patriots should probably sniff one Thursday game, probably one four twenty five game, and everything else a one hundred three kickoff, just because the product isn't good out there. Yeah, and I think we've been on the other side of this for many years too. Or even like the Patriots would be nine and two, and they'd be playing a team that was under 500, and it wouldn't get flexed because you had Brady and Belichick and the Patriots were this big thing. The most hated team in America outside of New England. Right. I I think now, though, we're on the other side of it where the Patriots stink, but the fact that they got flexed out on top of it makes it even worse because not Mm. just it's the first Monday night flex, it's you have this great team with star power on the other side that we have seen on our side of it for many years and they still wanted you flexed out. That's how bad you've become, and especially your quarterback situation has become. KJ Lines, W-E-E-I. Get in the conversation, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We'll continue this conversation about Bailey Zappi potentially starting tomorrow. What does that mean for Mac Jones? What does it mean for the management structure with the Patriots and more? Right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. 
Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, going from football to basketball, the Celtics kept their winning ways. They stay undefeated at home with a 125-119 victory over the 76ers. No Joel Embiid, no Tyrese Maxey for Philly, but the Celtics were shorthanded in the fourth quarter as Jason Tatum was ejected at the end of the third, arguing an offensive foul call. He, though, argued his side of the argument postgame. I've been in the league long enough. I've seen a lot worse behavior and reactions get tolerated for a lot longer. So, you know, for those two to throw me out the game, uh, I was shocked. And, uh, you know, it's like you always say, get your money's worth, right? We get fined for these texts. And I definitely did not get my money's worth uh, for getting thrown out the game tonight. Four Celtics scored 20 or more points. Tatum and Derek White finished with 21 each. Al Horford and Jalen Brown contributed 20 as well. Seas will now head to Indiana to face the Pacers in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament on Monday. The Bruins are back in the ice tonight for a rivalry matchup in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. First of a back-to-back for the Bees. Puck drop is set for 7 o'clock. Final injury report has been released as the Patriots gear up to host the L.A. Chargers. Receivers Kayshawn Booty and Demario Douglas have been ruled out. That means it's the return of Malik Mania. Malik Cunningham has been elevated to the 53-man roster. Six other Patriots are listed as questionable, that being Chris Board, Ezekiel Elliott, Trent Brown, Riley Reeves, City So, and Dietrich Wise. Only one notable name for the Chargers, receiver Keenan Allen, is questionable with a quadricep injury. Pats and Jets from Gillette tomorrow at 1.00. College football, last night, third-ranked Washington knocked off fifth-ranked Oregon in the final Pac-12 championship, 34-31. Huskies all but clinch a college football playoff spot with an undefeated regular season at 13-0. Championship weekend will continue today, including the SEC championship between Georgia and Alabama, followed by the Big Ten championship between Michigan and Iowa. You can listen to both games here on WEEI-FM 93.7 with coverage starting at 3.30. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty consistent. It's about what it's been all year. It's pretty even keeled. Not, not a lot of roller coaster with him. KJ Lines on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Bill Belichick saying Haley Zappi's just remained as calm as an Eagle song. <laughs> John, he, last year, and Joe Braverman jump in as well because last year uh, I wrote a parody called Bailey Zappi's That Dude. And John, Joe and I. Yes, we were here for that. I was here for that. I he remember. He was here for that. And I won a national award for radio personality of the year sports division and i and joe you got the check the percentage right straight cash on me yes straight sir. cash because um it wasn't a lot but it was enough to say in that song that all bailey zappy had to do was remain confident cool don't buck belichick watch your back 10 bailey zappy might be that dude 
And here we are on the precipice of this tomorrow, and that's what Belichick just said in that cut, that this guy has just remained calm. He knows what he can do. And let's face it, the only times that Bailey Zappi has had the bulk of the snaps in practice, what happened with the games? They, they what, The two games he started, they won. Yes, they yeah. won. And so that's something you haven't seen. There hasn't been a winning culture here. There wasn't even a chance to try and make a playoff run with the last three games of last season. I think after once you hit that Buffalo game of last year, that second one, it just was nothing but a slide. I think they were 2-5 and five down the road. Well, they were so, still in the playoff hunt on the last day of the season. Yeah, but you don't do that and go 2-5. and five. No, you, but you I mean, it, like they were there. Right, but okay, so let's say you take those two like, games Did I have out. confidence in them like winning a playoff game? Absolutely not, but they were last day of the season there, and then, of course, they gave up two kick returns for touchdowns in Week 18. Or let's say you split those games. Let's say Bailey Zappi wins the Cleveland game and Mac Jones loses the Detroit game, whatever, or or vice versa. That would have been one more game potentially on loss on, on the loss column for Mac's side. And and it just feels like now, and, and coming up at 1245, the very last parody involving Mac Jones ever out of my mouth. It's the last one. But it's for the fans of Mac Jones. And it just feels like, hey, can you come to the realization that Mac is not the guy. Now, it doesn't matter if Bailey Zappi's not better. It's just that Mac is not good enough. He had not earned it. He did not win it. When Cam Newton is taking shots with the shredded wheat arm out there, he's letting y'all know that this guy didn't beat me out as bad as I was at that time, and look where things are now. I just think, this is just me and maybe a few others, that people want to hold on to the idea of Mac and has let and have, have ignored all the signs of what really is Mac on the field, and that Bailey Zappi isn't anything worse than what you've seen, not what you think. Yeah, look, I, I think again, Zappi will give you or not give you the catastrophic mistakes that Mac has given you this year. Now he may not be better. I don't think he is better. I think he's probably talent-wise a little bit worse, but he won't make those catastrophic mistakes and I think that makes a huge difference and I think the stuff with Mac too and, and I I have this a little bit as well and I think a lot of people do like you're right KG the, the evidence of this year is that Mac has been terrible and he's not the guy the evidence of at least half of last year is Mac was bad but the problem is is we have seen Mac perform at a level where he looked like he had the potential to be the guy and some, most of it was his rookie year. There was a little bit last year at times, like the first half of that Baltimore game in week three last year, early on in the Minnesota game on Thanksgiving night last year. Like So we've seen these glimpses of, oh, this guy could be pretty good. You're not elite, but he could be, hey, he could be pretty good. The Minnesota good. defense that be, was 31 against the pass last yeah, year. Yeah, if you want to play that game, though, I mean, Zappi <laughs> faced two of the worst defenses in the league last year in his starts. But the point is, but both of them were on the that, playoff cusp this year. But yeah, but we're not. He didn't face them this year. So like. I, I that's where sometimes I go with it in that I get why sometimes people want to hang on to it a little bit because we've seen some of those glimpses that, hey, Mac could be pretty good. The problem is, KJ, and you're 100% right, look at the evidence. This year he has shown emphatically that for whatever reason, and there's multiple reasons, he is no longer the guy here, and he probably will never play here again. And if he ever is the guy, it's going to be somewhere very far away from here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear the narrative like Max showed the glimpses of in his rookie year, and I'm just going back and looking and saying, wow, you know, he passed for 159 yards in that second game at the Jets, which was a win. The Saints game was a disaster. 
The Bucks game was a rain blessing, and you, you hung in there because of the Brady factor. That Texans game was a near disaster. Remember that? Yeah, did lead uh, a second half comeback in that game, though. Right, that's yeah. his first fourth quarter. Went toe to toe with Dak Prescott should have won that game. Right, uh, defense got smoked in that game. He gave him a lead multiple times late in the game. Right, right? but like, it, you know, the hundred, even the hundred ninety-seven yards he threw for against Cleveland, and I know it's one ninety-seven, so the number doesn't look good. Right? Some of the throws. He made in that game specifically the touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, but also the pass before it to Myers. Even go back to his first start against the Dolphins in week one, which should have been a win if Damian Harris doesn't fumble. The wheel route throw he made to James White. Like all of those things are right. things he is not doing now and really hasn't done in a year and a half. And you would say that to the element of surprise. You don't know what you're going to get. You have no tape on the guy or what have you. So I start to say, I don't really judge any player until maybe five, six games of consistency where teams now know how to properly game plan and if you could beat that game plan. So I think the game that all of us who who are so like Max got it is that Jets game from the first year with the three touchdowns and the 400 yards passing. Yeah. You're like, this this guy can do it. It was the start of a win streak that was coming. The defense was on fire. Yeah. It ended up giving up like less than 14 points over a three-week period. So all those things made you feel good about Mac. And I would still say, well, some would say it, it was against the Jets. Yeah, right? I mean, for me, the game was the Tennessee game in late November of 2021. And I know Tennessee was without some guys in that game, but he played really well. I think it, with that win, they went to 9-4, and four, and they were playing really well. He looked great, and that was multiple games into it. Like, that's when I looked at it like, oh, they might real Like, I had been impressed prior to that, but that game was when I was like, oh, they might really have something there. So and then, then when, tailed so then off. What- so then when on the contrary did it turn? Like where so specifically? The, the Which game are we talking? Well, after that I think after the Buffalo. So game. they they lost to the Colts, I think the next either, either I don't remember if they had a bye and then lost to the Colts or it was the Colts right away, but they lost to the Colts on Saturday night. And again, even in that game, they gave up a blocked punt for a touchdown. They had a penalty on a field goal that the Colts missed and then the Colts made the field goal after the penalty. So like that's a game they probably should have won, but he tailed off a little there and then even in the playoff game against Buffalo, right? Like they got smoked. But I thought Mac competed hard. If you know Micah Hyde doesn't make that amazing interception early on, or Brandon Bolden doesn't have that big drop, yeah, the Patriots still lose, but it's probably a lot closer. And then last year, you just saw so much inconsistency. Like the first half against Baltimore, he went toe to toe with Lamar can, can Jackson. I go back to and then in the second half, he throws December, three interceptions. But two, yeah, sure, yeah. Two years ago at this time, December third, somewhere in there, the Buffalo at Buffalo game where Mac had two out of three attempts for 19 yards. What did it you know when you watch these these detective shows, what did management know that d- despite all the wins because Josh Allen still had to throw the ball too. What did management know that told them that their game plan was going to call for running the ball on 30 straight plays? What did they know? What could they've been hiding at that point because you can only say you look at that point you go wow. A team that's on a roll, a quarterback you feel you have confidence about, his name is being ballyhooed as rookie of the year at this point, and you're going to have him only have three passing attempts in that entire game. What did you know? Yeah, because that should have well, been, that also, been the first they, hint. They won the yep. game. Like, So I understand. I, like, I, they only, they I know the they game. didn't trust him to throw a lot. I get it. But that was the best way for them to win the game was running because it was 45-mile-an-hour wins. And everybody knows – Mac doesn't have the arm Josh Allen has. Josh wait, wait, Allen did, and Josh Allen in that game, he threw the ball thirty times. So I know it's different, but he only completed fifty percent of his passes because the the conditions were so bad. Even a guy with an arm 
as great as him. So okay, I so if Matt I don't threw look the ball at that ten game, times and completed it five times, that still would have been three more, yeah. two more attempts than he had the and whole he still game. Wouldn't have won the game. Like that's why to me, I don't look at that game the same way you do. Like I understand, like but this hey, is what I'm saying with the overall narrative, John. That people wanted to believe in the story of Mac and were not looking at the examples that were on the field. I, I mean, I'm, go back in the history of this league where there have been heavier win situations. I think of the 85 playoff game between the Bears and the Rams. I remember this as a kid. 50 mile an hour, six, six, nobody only threw the ball three times. Nobody. Like, what, what do you know? 617 779 7937. Jesse in New Bedford. Thanks for calling KJ and Lines. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, It's just funny to me, the people who have this underlining uh, take on Mac. You know, they rake them under the coals. They they, they psychoanalyze every word, every movement. But nobody seems to be bringing up that Matt uh, Giotti had a report a couple weeks back that Zappi's attitude rubbed people the wrong way in that building. And the fact that when they asked him a question, what kind of a practice that you had, with a big grin on his face, we had a great practice. Dude, your team is 2-9. and nine. This ain't Bailey Zappi hour, okay? As much as he wants to believe that. It's just he has this cockiness about him that they try to portray as confident. It's a load of, it's a load of crap. And then you try to cherry pick the Buffalo Bills game. And, okay, well, what about the, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game where Mac Jones went toe to toe with the GOAT? And if Bill Belichick still had, to, still had a, a set of kahunis on him, he would have went for it on fourth and two instead of kicking a 56 yarder in the pouring rain. All I'm saying is Mac has not played good. No, he has not. But if you wrote a book on how to destroy your franchise quarterback, Bill underneath and Bill Belichick's the author because he took away Jacoby Myers, best third-down receiver. Who's he replacing with? Juju. He's got nobody to throw to. Where's his third-down back that Brady's had all these years? This offense is, based, is pretty much based on a slot receiver and a third-down back. Where is it? It's nowhere to be found. And mark my words, when Matt gets traded, and he will get traded, He's going to go to either the Niners or the Rams or maybe the Vikings. And when he gets his chance, he's going to ball out. And everybody around here is going to have a big piece of humble pie coming their way, courtesy of Mac. You'll see. Jesse, thanks for the call. And he's perfect for the parody that's coming up in 10 minutes, John. Yeah, and I do think one thing I really am interested on is when, and I don't think Mac's going to get traded. I think he's going to get cut and then he's going to get picked up. But, you know, I do think he'll have more success somewhere else, but what is that level of success going to be? Like, if you're throwing a Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, yeah, you'll have some success. If you have that 49ers team around you, yeah, you're going to have some success. I do want to – I am curious to see how much more success that will be than – because his most successful year here was his rookie year. How much more successful or less successful he'll be with that. But the caller makes an interesting point. I mean, if you wanted to write a book on how to mess up a young quarterback – the Patriots would have a nice fat chapter in it in the last two years. And it's ironic because, to me, KJ, it's the opposite of what they did with a young Tom Brady. Like a young Tom Brady, they were able to, A, they had a great defense like they have now, but they had better players around them on both sides of the ball. They added to it, right? They drafted Deion Branch and Brady's second year as a starter. Then they trade for Corey Dillon in 2004. Like, John, it's totally it's the, different. It's di- But the way they've handled it is different. Did Brady have mid-level to above mid-level talent at the receiver position during his heyday? Yes, did he have? Did 100%. he have? Top, he, he had, had great ten, talent. Did he oh, have yeah. top ten? Did he have top ten receivers in the league? Yeah, he had the best tight end ever. 
Well, no, he wait, had, wait. I said receivers. I didn't say tight end. Oh, but they're I said, pass catchers. It's a huge part of the offense. Well, but if you want, fine. That. You want to do that. I Randy that Moss, a, one of the best receivers ever. Oh, right. Wes Welker could be in the Hall of Fame. Julian Edelman could be potentially in the Hall of Fame. Deion Branch won a Super Bowl MVP. Could have won another. Troy, even Troy Brown, who we don't look at as an elite receiver, look, and we never would. In two thousand, in two thousand one, because in two thousand one, so Troy Brown had a hundred one catches in two thousand one. Nobody on this roster right now, even twenty two years later, with an NFL much more open to the passing game, would sniff. 101 catches. And David Patton, by the way, in 2001, he didn't suck. He was much better than... I'm not I would saying take, those guys I would take bad 2001. I'm just saying they were these take, top names that people are screaming for. I would for take right both now. of those guys over anybody the Patriots have catching passes right now. No doubt in my mind. Absolutely. Craig in, Craig in Rhode Island, thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You're on the air. How are you guys doing? Uh, what was that guy talking about? I mean, that was ridiculous. That, I had to call after that, but... um. Yeah, no, that's definitely all on Mac. I mean, he po- you can't disrespect a coach on national TV like he did last year and not be co- consequences for it, you know what I mean? Brady had to earn his. You know, he came into the league, he had to earn it from day one. He didn't have star receivers. Yeah, he got Gronk, eventually got Moss. Yep, that, he had to earn it. Mac's been spoiled his whole life. It's, it's, it's easy math. Craig, thanks for the call. Yeah, and I think like the embarrassing coaches on national TV part, right. you do it once. Like you know, you're a young player, you, you boil over once. Okay, all right. Like I, I, it's not okay, but I understand. Hey, your emotions boil over one time. You do it twice. I think that's kind of a problem. You do it three times. I'd be willing to just sit your butt down and bench you until you can get. Because like to me. I understand Patricia and Judge were bad offensive coaches last year. I didn't like the way they structured the offense. And for the most part, I didn't like the way they called games. But in their defense, I mean, did they call for Mac to throw three interceptions in the second half against Baltimore? Yeah. No. Did you see them embarrassing him on national TV? No. Right? Did, I mean, so did they call for the offense to totally disappear in the fourth yeah, quarter this, against Minnesota? At no. this point in the middle of his third year, you can say there's enough evidence where you don't have to use the lack of talent as a backbone to make an excuse for Matt right. Jones. Like, yeah, like he doesn't have all you're those. earning your he, own F. Yeah, he has played poorly, independent of all the other. Like, he has been put in a bad position, and I maintain that, and I think it's true, but he's also not made the most of whatever position he's been put in. Like, he's played poorly for long stretches of time, and this year he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, there's no escaping that. And, and again, it, it's not just the mistakes. It's the catastrophic mistakes. Like, you throw across the field twice in three plays against Dallas. You get away with one, the other one's a pick six. Like, I don't care if me, KJ, and Joe Braverman are your three receivers. You shouldn't be throwing across the field twice in three plays. We can't get the hill fast enough. Yeah, like, I mean, come on, man, right? I I gotta run up the crown of the hill, come back down the crown. I don't care if you have the Cincinnati Bengals receiving core. I mean, do you see Joe Burrow throwing across the field twice out of three plays, right, and getting pick sixed on one of them? Well, then that goes back to, and while I don't think anybody could ever compare or step into Brady's shoes, and it's always tough for the next person to come along sure. that was supposed to be cam newton and i think you have to take advantage of that you have to say you know what the guy who was in front of me came in had a losing season really couldn't get some things done i'm here to bring things along i probably need to do less and then provide prove that i can do more down the road instead you try to prove that you could do everything right away and do less later on and in fact when you're doing less you now have verbalization to go along with that you can't. I don't care what society and your job. You can't do any of that stuff. So uh, that's why I say, you know, when you mentioned with Brady and his receivers, 
there was a level of respect that those guys said, you know what, when I go out here and run this route, there's a guy who's throwing me the ball who has a story of determination that any person who got on this roster for the Patriots couldn't, you could be pick one, round one, Mr. Everything. Guess what? The leader was a cast off and he sets the team. Now you have a person who was pretty much kind of silver spooned into the quarterback position. And and what kind of respect would you have as a receiver if this guy's coming? Like, let's just call it what it is. All the receivers who are with the Patriots right now are all guys that pretty much this was the last offer. Like, this is the last ride. Like, did who did they who did the Patriots outbid to get these receivers? Who do you think? Oh, gee, I, I want to say nobody. Like off the, the top of my I head, I would bet I would uh, push yeah. my mortgage with you and say that probably nobody yeah. else. And that is respective of who's going to throw them. The ball. That's how you get better ones, right? So you can be Belichick and say, you know what? Instead of trying to get into this rat race of paying high money for receivers as my Dion branches and those guys are going and fading and their years are, are, are ending and I'm not going to find a bunch of Edelmans, I'm going to do this two tight end thing where, one, I pay less of a price against the cap for a tight end because he's considered an offensive lineman, right, and make them pass catchers. That's Bill's genius moving the team forward in that kind of that second wave of what the Patriots were as a dynasty. Now you you still have that in play. Like if you do, said you have three, that in play though. If you like, said three years ago your tight ends were Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki, what would you say? It's not uh, three years ago though. Those guys wait, aren't wait, wait, good wait, enough. They're not wait, good enough. Okay, two years ago when two Mac got ago, into the league. If yeah. two years ago Mac had Hunter Henry and Who Mike was Gusecki. good two years ago. Hunter Henry was good two years ago. I think he's fallen off a little. But so what? So they, but that's a lot different off? than having the greatest tight end in the history of the NFL. But do they like, fall off because of their own production, or do they fall off because of the production that is supposed to help yeah, them? It's a great question. I, I think it's a little bit of both, but it's a great question. Like, I mean, if if Mac was better, would we see you know better play out of these guys? I think a hundred percent. But if these guys, the if these guys were better, like if Devontae Parker doesn't get pushed all the way into the sidelines in Week Two against Miami, do we see an interception there from Mac? Probably not. Like so I think there's a little bit of both there. I think it's a great question though, KJ, because I like I think this receiver core is one of the worst in the NFL, but is it as bad as it's shown? I don't know if it's necessarily as bad as it's shown talent-wise. All right, thanks for spending your Saturday with KJ and Lines here on WEEI 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Next, the M&M parody for Mac fans here on WEEI. Hang out. Lions, W-E-E-I, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Still to come, the Celtics in a weird game last night. And this in-season in-season tournament is kind of ridiculous. That's still to come. More Patriots talk as well. Let's go to text line 37937. John, what you got? Joe, what you got? Okay, let me just stop the music. Here we go. Uh, 401 texter. The only chance Mac ends up a good NFL QB is if we find out he felt confined under Bill's system. You think he needs to sit down with Gail King or something like that, John? Yeah, I confined is I like they have one of the most complex systems in the NFL. I don't think you can be unless the like, complexity confined him, but I I don't view it that way. No. You do you think it might be comprehend like, you think there could be a comprehension issue? Well, I don't know if it's with Mac, but I, I did find this interesting and Albert Breer talked about this on Boston Sports tonight a couple weeks ago and I found it interesting like the concept of the Patriots simplifying the offense last year 
was probably a smart thing to do because you didn't right. have this institutional knowledge of Brady and McDaniels for you know 20 years. Nor did you have to but, bring a brand new system. But you picked the wrong two guys to simplify it, right, with Patricia and Judge. So, like, the theory of, hey, we're going to simplify this so, you know, guys like Nelson Aguilar and John U. Smith and, and Hunter Henry can just play faster. Like, the concept of that, I, I, I can see some of the wisdom there. The problem is the way they went about it was about as bad of a way as you can go about it. And on top of that, you had a rookie quarterback who was pretty comfortable his rookie year in a system comes in second year to a new system with guys who aren't as qualified to teach it and he's not as comfortable. KJ and Lions on the Odyssey app. It's free. If you missed any of the show, type W-E-E-I. Brings you right here. You can play the show in chapters if you missed any. 37937 text line. One more, Joe. All right. Let's take a look at the 603. 603 says Mac got done dirty, period. He is making bad throws because he doesn't trust his O-line. What do you think Tom would say if he was still playing, do you guys think they would be playing better or putting a circus in offensive line out there? I think you would have a better roster out there because yeah. Brady's on the roster. Well, yeah, no kidding. But I think <laughs> if Brady was here, they would have never had Patricia and Judge run the offense last year. So I, 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 that would not have happened if Brady was here. When we even saw it, right, when McDaniels left, they went to Bill O'Brien, and when Bill O'Brien left, they went back to McDaniels for Brady. And he essentially brought the Patriots offense, or at least his version of it, to Tampa when he went there. So even yeah. though Bruce Arians was there, that was Brady's thing. So I, I think, you know, that would not have happened. And would the roster around him be better? Yeah, I, I think possibly. But I mean, that is a larger thing. That's a larger question because we saw this roster start to deteriorate in 2019. Now right. they won the division because Brady's great, and they had just enough there with Edelman still being here and James White still being here. I'm pretty sure we can go back and check, but I think James White was their leading receiver in the 2019 season. I think he had 72 catches that year. So like they still had. Some of that institutional knowledge, Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year that year, but we saw it starting to deteriorate, like they lose in the wild card round. So would they be better than they are now? Sure. Would they be a Super Bowl contender like in 2021 and 2022 with Brady? I, I don't know about that because I think we saw those signs of roster deterioration while Brady was still in his last year here. So over the last two and a half years, I've been on this, I don't want to say mission, but it's just kind of like I, I, like I felt like Columbo, the old detective, like, eh, something isn't right here. Where I felt like Mac Jones just hadn't earned it. But yet it seemed like this groundswell of Mac is great, jersey sales, top 10, so much great feeling about him. And, 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 and parody songs were made by him here on the station that I think were overall fair, never addressing his character. So in my very last song parody I will ever make about Mac Jones as a member of the Patriots, this is for you. Max stands. Hit it, Joe. My team's gone cold and I don't know why. You defend this guy at all. Yeah. Three defenders in the passing window. And still he throws the ball. And if Max stands good, they would say. It's not worse than Pablo Sandoval. Here to remind you that it's always been bad. It's always been bad. Dear Mac, I root for you, but suddenly you're not falling. Last in division, last in conference. NFL, New York, Autumn. I sent two letters from here in Dedham. You must not have got them. 
probably got picked off on the third and seven back or saw it coming. <laughs> Sometimes when I dance the gritty, it looks kind of sloppy. What's up with the arm, man? Did it die like Apollo did in Rocky? ASAP, get that checked. If that's what it is, that's a bummer. Do you think you'll be back here next summer? No. <laughs> After you were drafted, I called the team store several times, asking what your jersey number would be because it would be mine. I tell everyone Cam spelled backwards equals Mac. Dominating the convo on Reddit and social, I had your back. I nearly got to a scrap with some fans over Zappy. That damn fever was annoying. Boy, I wasn't happy. Only a person like me saw that you were the master plan. I don't know cursive, but this letter's from me, Max Stan. My team's gone cold and I don't know why. You defend this guy at all. Three defenders in the passing window. And still he throws the ball. And if Max stands good, they would say. It's, it's not, not worse than Pablo Sandoval. And that was bad. And remind you <laughs> that it's always been bad. It's always been bad. Dear Mac, has the play calling gone broke? Defended you last week at a bar. I gave a guy the dream on choke. <laughs> you don't need fixing all your Max stands. Say it's Bill. We could get online and say he's behind your declining skills. Should we write a letter to Dan Orlovsky at the mothership? Back us up like Stafford and loan a voice to quell this? I can't stand to hear all these fair weather fans and non-believers. I keep trying to tell them all Mac needs is a receiver! Hayden <laughs> Rex Ryan says you have a pea shooter for an arm, but I've got some photos of him doing things with pig's feet on a farm. Drake May isn't better, Mac, and I don't want that Caleb dude. May is Mitch Trubisky, and Caleb doesn't even look like you. You've got to turn it around, Mac. I'm your biggest fan. You'll never lose. Sincerely, from your Mac stand, unless in April of 2024, the Patriots draft at number two. My team's gone cold, and I don't know why. Uh-huh. You defend this guy at all. Three defenders in the passing window. Three defenders. And still he throws the ball. And if Max stands good, they would say It's not worse than Pablo Sandoval Here remind you That it's always been bad It's always been bad Yeah, Max stands My team's gone cold and I don't know why I know You defend this guy at all Three defenders in a passing window And still he throws the ball And if Max stands good, they would say it's not worse than Pablo Sandoval. Ah, Panda. Here to remind you that it's always been bad. It's always been bad. Always been bad. Uh, that's the first time I've heard you rap. That was that, pretty good. That, that was, was a, a good rap. That was a letter as the Max Stan. MCKJ. Uh, no, no, you don't put MC in front. I'm not like one of these foreign rappers. No, I'm not a rapper at all. You like MC Hammer? You know? That is poetry. Well, that's a good one. He sold a lot of records. Yeah, but that's that could the be poetry. You think of the call we just got earlier from the guy. That that would be a Max Stan letter he would have written. Now, for anybody who's yeah, but, out would the you post pay for a Max name? autograph on a starter cap? Because I don't think too many people would. Uh, now, yeah, <laughs> be like, I don't you know think what? so. I'll give you a liverwurst sandwich yeah. in exchange. Yeah, if that. <laughs> If you missed any of the show, you probably don't want to rehear that if you're a Max stand. But next here on KJ and Lines, we talk Celtics, this in season tournament, running up the score like it's La Liga. It's it. I, I got an issue here. KJ and Lines, the second hour next here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.